Hello and welcome to episode 33 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes that object so interesting to astronomers. So let's turn on the random number generator. Roll to... So the random number generator seems rather excited. The coordinates are 19 hours, 16 minutes, 35.6 seconds right ascension, and plus 30 degrees, 11 minutes, 1 second declination. These coordinates point to Messier 56 in the constellation Lyra. Messier 56, which is also known as M56 or NGC 6779, is actually the second Messier object to be featured in this podcast. The first object was the open cluster Messier 23, which I discussed in episode 20. Like many of the other Messier objects, M56 was first identified by Charles Messier in the late 18th century. Messier was much more interested in identifying comets, which, in 18th century telescopes, looked like fuzzy moving objects. He was irritated by finding fuzzy objects in the sky that didn't move, and he started his catalog to keep track of these things, which he treated as fake comets. In fact, in the same night, in 1779, that Charles Messier discovered M56, he also discovered a new comet. Over time, the list of fake comets expanded to 109 objects. Many of these fake comets are among the most spectacular star clusters, nebulae, and galaxies that can be seen with an amateur telescope, and they are also scientifically much more important than any of the comets that Charles Messier really cared about. This just shows that Charles Messier just hadn't set his priorities right. So, M56 is one of multiple globular clusters in the Messier catalog. These are spheres of somewhere between about 100,000 and 1 million stars that are found orbiting the Milky Way outside the plane of the galaxy in the galaxy's halo. M56 itself has a mass about 230,000 times the mass of the Sun, which means that it probably has approximately that many stars. I found multiple distance measurements for the cluster ranging from about 30 to 36,000 light years, or 9.4 to 11 kiloparsecs. Even though M56, like other globular clusters, spends most of its time in the halo, it may be currently passing through the plane of the galaxy. It appears in the Earth's sky to have a diameter somewhere around 7 arc minutes in size, or roughly one quarter the diameter of the Moon, although the diameter seems to depend on who's measuring it and how they're measuring it. The stars in globular clusters generally are old. The typical ages for globular clusters are between 10 and 13 billion years old, which is almost as old as the universe. 
M56 is at the really old end of these old clusters of stars. You could think of it as older than old. Its age is estimated to be somewhere around 12.75 or 13 billion years old. M56 is actually so old that it might be among the second set of stars to have ever formed in the universe, and this is indicated by the relatively low amount of elements heavier than hydrogen and helium in the atmosphere of the cluster's stars. When the universe formed from the Big Bang, virtually all of the atoms in the universe were hydrogen and helium. Any elements heavier than these were created within the first stars. Now, the stars in M56 are not pure hydrogen and helium. They seem to contain a few heavier elements, but the ratio of heavy elements to hydrogen is somewhere around 1% of the ratio for a star like our Sun. The lack of heavy elements, along with the really old ages of the stars, indicates that M56 formed very, very early on in the universe. Aside from the fact that M56 is old, and that the stars are almost pure hydrogen and helium, two other scientific results really stand out to me about this cluster. First, a group of astronomers detected diffuse X-ray emission from the cluster, which seems rather unusual. The origin of this X-ray emission is up for debate. As you may recall me saying earlier, M56 generally spends most of its time in the halo, but is currently passing through the disk of the galaxy. And one hypothesis that has been put forward to explain the X-ray emission is that diffuse interstellar gas inside the cluster is colliding with diffuse interstellar gas inside the disk of the Milky Way, thus causing the gas inside M56 to heat up and produce the observed X-ray emission. M56 will probably pass through the galaxy with just about all of its stars intact, but with no gas whatsoever. This phenomenon seems very rare, but if this is what's actually happening in M56, it could be something that also generally happens to all globular clusters over time, and could explain why globular clusters seem to contain almost no interstellar gas. The second and much more interesting scientific result regarding M56 involves something called the Gaia sausage. This sounds like a meat-free sausage that you would be able to buy at your local organic supermarket. And you would almost be right. Instead, the Gaia sausage is actually a collection of stars that were found by the Gaia spacecraft, which was designed to make ultra-precise distance and velocity measurements of nearby stars in the Milky Way. The stars don't actually look like a sausage in the sky, which is rather disappointing. Instead, the stars look like a sausage when they are put in a plot comparing their circular motions around the center of the Milky Way to their motions towards or away from the center of the galaxy. Most nearby stars in our galaxy are moving in a circle, and therefore, in the plot that I just described, would mostly be found around a single point. The Gaia sausage stars are actually moving either into or out of the center of the galaxy and therefore fill out this oval sausage-shaped region along one axis of the plot. The stars in the Gaia sausage probably came from a dwarf galaxy that fell into the Milky Way and got torn apart somewhere between 8 and 11 billion years ago. 
Analyses of the orbit of M56 and the properties of its stars implies that it might have originally been part of this ancient dwarf galaxy that no longer exists. In other words, M56 is a cluster of stars that was captured from another galaxy. It's not the only globular cluster that was potentially captured either. More work is going on regarding the Gaia sausage, and hopefully astronomers will soon be marketing vegetarian sausages bearing that name. So, I can say quite a few things about M56 as an object of scientific interest to professional astronomers, but it also attracts attention from amateur astronomers as well. Even though I have some experience with amateur telescopes myself, I have to admit that I do not recall ever seeing M56. When I have viewed this part of the sky with an amateur telescope, I normally look at M57, also known as the Ring Nebula, in the constellation Lyra, or I go look at the much closer and brighter globular cluster M13 in the constellation Hercules. I think I overlooked M56 completely. So I tried looking up M56 in some amateur astronomy guides, and when those books discussed this part of the sky, they first suggested looking at M57, also known as the Ring Nebula, in the constellation Lyra, and then taking a look at the much closer and brighter globular cluster M13 in the constellation Hercules. I think the other amateur astronomers also overlooked M56 completely. Eventually, though, I did find some amateur astronomy books that did mention M56 and did say, don't overlook it. The best way to find M56 with a telescope is to look about halfway between Beta Cygni and Gamma Lyrae. Beta Cygni is the bright star at the bottom of the cross in the constellation Cygnus, and Gamma Lyrae is the lower left corner of the parallelogram in the constellation Lyra. The cluster has a magnitude of 8.1, which is slightly more than two magnitudes lower than what can be seen with the unaided eye, but the cluster should be visible in a small telescope or even a finder scope as a compact fuzzy object. In a 20 centimeter or 8 inch telescope, it should be possible to see more of a difference between the bright central core and the diffuse region around it. And that was my review of Messier 56. The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of M56 in the sky is about one-third of the distance from Bermuda to Miami in the Atlantic Ocean. This actually lies on the edge of the so-called Bermuda Triangle, an area of the Atlantic Ocean where a lot of ships have sunk and planes have crashed. This would seem spooky and mysterious, except that a lot of other ships have sunk and planes have crashed in other parts of the Atlantic Ocean as well. It's just a location that's received a lot of hype over the years. If you don't think this podcast is overhyped, you can visit the website for this podcast at www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can go to the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, and send me random feedback. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de, which is distributed by filmmusic.io under a CC 4.0 attribution license. The sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening.